Mendy here from the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome players to the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. Hope you watched your step today, avoided hard contact, and are listening to us injury-free. D-Mendy here, joined by the 2-0 Raiderian Johnny Foosball. How are you feeling about last night? I'm feeling very good. We're coming for the, the Chiefs crown. We look like the more high-powered offense. So, uh, Don't off. be silly. <laughs> and your boy, Zayman, uh, everybody loves Zayman Everybody Jones. loves uh, Zayman Jones. Mal Zay Jones caught his first touchdown in a Raider uniform. His uh, big leap forward starts today. I love it. And he's back after a week-long absence. Did you miss him? The Bradster Domus is here, and he's full of Cam Newton goodness. What's up, man? Happy to be back, boys. Yeah, I we uh, we missed your presence on the show, but we have also uh, joining us this week. He's a senior staff writer and co-owner of Dynasty League Football. For some of you, he may be your commissioner. Others may see him as an innovator, maybe a teacher of your second grade students or a teacher of how to run your dynasty team. Part of Locked On Dynasty and the DLF podcast, he's on the clock again because we're talking to Ryan McDowell. Ryan, what's up, man? How's it going, guys? That that's a great intro. I need you to write those for me. I'm I'm terrible with those, but that that was perfect. I loved it. Awesome. Well, we're really happy to have you on today, man, because you're going to have to help educate our listeners with a uh, a big topic today. Because uh, it, it's with all these injuries going down, you're looking, you're uh, you're kind of reading the waters here. And this episode, we're titling the replacements because you got to replace these major stars that went down, and I want to get into all of that, kind of how to approach your waiver wire, how to approach your fab. Um, after we do that, we're going to get to our question of the week, which is who is the most overrated player in the NFL? And then our game of the week coming in to shut the door. But for all that, let's get to our plug. And if you like what you're listening so far, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. And you want to hear more triple play great news for you. We have a fantasy baseball show. You can also check out available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, how about giving us a contract extension and leaving us a five-star rating and review. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at trip play fantasy. Eric and Brad run our social media and provide daily questions, gifts, and our weekly episode drops. This is our gift to you to hear the voice of Ryan McDowell on this episode. So if you enjoy hearing Ryan's voice, I'm sure He's got 10 billion more subscribers than us. But if you're enjoying hearing his voice on this episode, give us a listen. Give us a subscribe. Give us a like. You got to keep listening. We want to keep you entertained, but it starts with you. Thank you, the, pl- the loyal player, for your listens each and every week. As I said, I want to skip news and notes, which we normally kind of dive into, because all the news and notes is kind of what we're talking about today. And again, the biggest injury-riddled week in football that I can remember Fantasy owners are scrambling to their waiver wire, um, trying to empty their pockets of fab to replace all these stars going down. And so I picked six of the major offensive injuries that um, look like they have guys that might step in their role. And you guys are just going to tell me if you think, again, if it's worth picking up these guys and how much fab um, or how much urgency you would to pick them up. So the first guy I have on this list, Saquon Barkley, torn ACL, he's out for the year. As of this recording, Devonta Freeman is currently in talks to be signing with them. I think depending on his, as long as he doesn't test positive for COVID, I think they said that he's going to be cleared to join the team. So Devonta Freeman, who currently in ESPN leagues is seven and a half percent owned. And then there's also Deion Lewis and Wayne Gallman, who are both under 1% owned. I'm curious, Ryan, I'll start with you. Is it Devonta Freeman and that's the only guy that's interested of you here? Or are you looking at Deion Lewis and Wayne Gallman as well? Uh, yeah, I think you have to consider maybe not Gallman, uh, but I think you have to at least consider Lewis. He's obviously was the top backup, uh, behind 
uh, behind Saquon Barkley and and knows the system. Freeman coming in off the streets uh, is going to have to learn that offense pretty quickly. It, it, it's I think it's fairly straightforward, but uh, we also have to factor in uh, really both of these guys, Lewis and Freeman, struggled last year uh, when we saw them with with the Titans, with the Falcons. So uh, I know I know times are desperate with all these injuries, but I don't know if I would re- want to rely on either one of these guys. I think in in all league formats, Freeman's going to be a hot name because he is uh, he is kind of a known commodity in the uh, in the space and, and a bigger name than Lewis or some of these others that we might talk about. But I almost feel like it's going to be wasted money on Devontae Freeman. So how much of your percent of your fab would you be comfortable spending on Devonta Freeman? Um, it's, it's probably going to be low. It's going to be, uh, it's not going to be enough to get him. I'll say that because I think, I think the numbers are going to be high for him. Uh, if anybody has anything left, right. We all, we all spent it last week on Benny Snell and, and, mm-hmm. and these other guys, Naheem Hines and guys like that. God, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I won't be surprised at all if Freeman is is like a 30% or more type player in, in most leagues. Brad, you have Devonta Freeman on one of your teams, I know, and um, you picked him up, I believe, a couple weeks ago. What are your thoughts on either any of these guys that are backing up Freeman, supposedly, or Devonta Freeman himself? So I view Devonta Freeman as more trade bait than anything. Um, for redraft leagues, I don't think there's a single player from this backfield that I'd target. I wouldn't even grab Devonta Freeman off the waiver wire if, if I didn't already have him. Uh, I think Saquon's value came in his ability to break big plays as well as, you know, the huge volume of touches that he would get. And Freeman won't get that and isn't as explosive and isn't the kind of offensive line that just anybody's going to prosper in. Um, I also think it'll have like a rather neutral effect on the Giants passing fantasy assets because the threat of a strong run game plummets uh, from Barkley to Freeman and or Lewis or Gallman. And um, that means that the defense doesn't have to stack the box, which is going to make passing a lot more difficult. And it's going to be hard for them to have a balanced attack. Um, in a dynasty league, though, I think it's not a bad idea to send an upper tier young player for Saquon if you can get it. Um, historically, it takes players about you know, two years to come back from an ACL there and be back to their full their full production. And Saquon's only going to be 25 two years from now. So I think now's a great time. I love, I actually just sold uh, Antonio Gibson for Saquon Barkley in my other dynasty league. So, wow, what a robbery. Oh, my God. Right I'm feeling right good. See. Brad, you got well, okay. to go buy a lottery ticket, man. Today is your day. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be uh, honest, I was actually a little reluctant to do that because I think Gibson's got a, he's got a lot of upside. I think he can be like a CMC light type player when they finally set him loose. But um, I think if I can get a 25-year-old healthy Saquon Barkley, I'm going to take that. Agreed. Uh, Johnny Foosball, anything that you want to add for this particular topic? I, I think the main issue with both Deion Lewis and uh, Freeman is it's sort of a, a split carry situation almost already because you don't really trust Deion Lewis to hold up over the whole course of the season by himself, which is why – if you're really desperate, you originally were interested in Gallman just as sort of a, a bigger body to be able to handle it. But now it looks like that's more towards uh, Freeman. I guess it really depends on how desperate you are. I personally am in a league where I have Le'Veon Bell, Philip Lindsay, and Saquon Barkley. So I'm, I'm relatively desperate for a running back. So I have to look at both Deion Lewis and uh, Devonta Freeman. I think Freeman intrigues me a little bit more just because uh, Deion Lewis is sort of a James White light, but he can't do either quite as well. Good point. Fair enough. I think, um, again, I'm getting from most of you guys, if you're desperate, try to go get them, but they're not worth blowing your money over uh, for the most part. So let's move to the next situation here. And CMC to God, Christian McCaffrey, high ankle <laughs> sprain, out four to six weeks. You've got Mike Davis sitting there who came off of, I believe, eight catches last week, um, which I've didn't even know he had eight catches in his career, let alone eight catches last <laughs> week. And um, he's supposed to miss again four to six weeks. Uh, he said he's going to try to come back sooner, but you're not sure. I'm interested in Brad. I'll start with you. He's about 8% owned right now. Obviously, he's going to probably be the most added player in fantasy 
are you interested in spending what it's going to cost to get him? Absolutely not. So not only am I not a fan of Mike Davis or Trent Cannon, but I believe that there's reason to be optimistic on CMC's behalf. Uh, Pro Football Doc on Twitter. Um, he's got a great track record of diagnosing player injuries through video, which is obviously not a, a perfect science, but he's a pro. Um, and he sees only a mild ankle sprain at worst and thinks that CMC will be back on the earlier end of the injury guidance, which is more likely four weeks or possibly even earlier. So to spend, you know, a big portion of your fab budget on a guy who you're only going to have in their starting lineup, maybe in your starting lineup for four weeks, I don't think that's worth the risk. And also there's a chance that he's just not a startable player in that offense. You know, that it's to give up that kind of fab when you've got, you know, maybe a Josh Gordon or an Antonio Brown, or, you know, maybe there's another injury. I think there's going to be better opportunities to get people with higher upside in the future. So I think to spend it on a guy who might not start for more than three or four weeks isn't worth it. John, what are you thinking? I mean, for the most part, uh, Brad's right. I don't really see a a high ceiling on Mike Davis, which sort of runs into an, an issue there. I do wonder, you said he might come back earlier. I, if I'm the Panthers, I wouldn't, I would take the full six weeks with him. You paid him all this money. You're owing two already. You'll probably be owing, you know, four or five. You're not, you're not making the playoffs. So I really don't see a reason to rush back your big money running back uh, at any point this year. So I'd, I'd be worried that maybe Mike Davis gets a little bit more time starting just because they don't want to rush him back. So at that point, which I think is a great point, John, would you be willing to spend more money than on Mike Davis, considering you think that they might could take that approach? Yeah, I, I think, you know, he at least at least five or six weeks. And, you know, you can't if you need, have CMC and you need a backup, you really need to look at that because five to six weeks is an awful lot of fantasy games that can knock you out of the playoffs. Ryan, what do you think? Say, oh, go ahead, Brad. Sorry, Ryan. Uh, I was just going to say that if you do want to go kind of go all in on this backfield and, and go for Mike Davis, maybe save your money and get Cannon because it's not like Mike Davis is going to get, you know, 25 touches a game. So Cannon's a very shifty guy with a lot of speed and maybe Davis gets injured or maybe they use Cannon a lot in third downs and, and uh, maybe add a little slot him up in wide receiver or something. I think he's a, a good way to get a bargain there. Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I, I like everything I've heard so far and, and agree with almost all of it. I would also throw throw in, I, I kind of expect them to activate Reggie Bonifon, who was the, he was the yeah. primary backup last year, uh, didn't make the, the 53 and ended up uh, back on their, on their practice squad. So I uh, kind of expect to see him activated. We'll see what happens with that. Um I, I get the uh, the concern with Mike Davis because he's he's had his chances and he's never really been able to either hold up or to be consistent. I was shocked by those eight targets. Uh, yeah, you mentioned them. I mean, through the first, basically through the first two games, there was a little bit of concern even before this injury uh, about the way McCaffrey was being used. He gets nine targets in those two games combined, and even though he got injured, he he basically played the entire game last week. So he gets nine targets in two weeks, and and they give Davis eight, uh, kind of in mop up duty. I uh, I'm shocked, but this is clearly a team that uh, I mean this is this is the Dolphins of last year, right? They're they're content to lose and to take their lumps. Um, so because of that, I I kind of do agree with uh, with John that they're they're going to be uh, they're going to be careful with McCaffrey. They're going to take their time or let him take his time coming back really honestly nothing to play for this year for him. So that, that has me a little concerned. Uh, Davis's history has me a little concerned as well. I guess kind of looking at the big picture, I would say that I would rather have Davis over Freeman or Lewis. So I have a little curveball I want to throw your guys and you tell me what you think. Curtis Samuel had four carries for 26 yards last week. You've seen Ty Montgomery shift. You've seen uh, Cordero Patterson shift. You've seen a couple of these receivers shift over to running back. Is it possible that if Curtis Samuel's the most effective ball carrier that they already have Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore that can catch the ball, and then you have Ian Thomas across the middle, 
Did they move Curtis Samuel into the backfield? And again, seeing he had four carries last week kind of intrigues me a little bit, especially if everybody spends all their money on Mike Davis. If I can slip in and and bid, you know, very minuscule amount and get Curtis Samuel, is, is it out of this world to think he becomes the starting running back for the Panthers? Uh, I mean, I would say crazier things have happened. So yeah, it's, it's certainly possible Uh, for me. It comes down, it comes back to the fact that they're, they're not really interested in winning games. I don't think so because of that, I don't think they make that move. If you go back to what we saw with the Packers years ago, when they, they were forced to do that with Ty Montgomery, uh, they were, uh, they were trying to make the playoffs and basically just ran out of back. So they had to do, had to do something I feel like the Panthers have options and and they can kind of uh, bide their time until McCaffrey does come back. So I would be surprised, but uh, he'll, he'll probably get some opportunity back there. Uh, Maybe that, you know, two to three to four carries a game, like we saw last week. It's just a little thought out there. I I was thinking of trying to slip in and do something like that. I'm intrigued. I'll put $10 a fab budget on him. See what happens. (laughs) I like it. All right. Let's move to a team here, the Denver Broncos, where they had two big injuries. Drew Locke sprained AC joint. He's out two to six weeks. A lot of people seem optimistic. It will be kind of the shorter end of that. And then Corlin Sutton, their their star wide receiver, torn ACL out for the year. Jeff Driscoll is stepping in at quarterback. They actually just signed Blake Bortles to back him up. So one of them is going to play quarterback. Um, Obviously, Driscoll, you would assume, and less injury. So I'm curious, is there any pass catcher? Already, you already know Noah Fan's already picked up enough. Jerry Judy's already picked up enough. John, is there any pass catcher in this offense that you would see maybe on the waiver wire that you would try to roster to replace Cortland Sutton? KJ Hamler may be their number three moving forward, but later in the season he may end up being the, the number two guy there. I just think it's an awful lot to risk on a, a number two receiver being thrown to by Blake Bortles or Jeff Driscoll. I think there's really you can sometimes you outthink yourself in fantasy and picking somebody up who has Blake Bortles throwing him the ball is is a little overthinking it. Ryan, what do you think? Do you uh, do you feel that KJ Hamler or there's another pass catcher worth monitoring here? Yeah, it's Hamler for me, and I I would. Uh... I would be fairly aggressive, I think, in, in trying to add Hamler. He dealt with that injury preseason, but before that, he was expected to be the starter there uh, alongside Sutton. Uh, and now that Judy's banged up as well, um, he he might be there, at least until Judy's fully healthy, he might be their number one wide receiver, um, although we probably think Fant is their top target overall. Uh his first game of the season last week, he, he sees seven targets. So they're, they're getting him involved uh, from, you know, from the jump. And if, if he's out there on the waiver wire, I would, I would try to get him. Brad, are you echoing what you've heard so far from the other two? Yeah. KJ Hamler's the guy. Um, and I think he's kind of the sole guy. I kind of, I'd avoid the Denver offense like the plague right now. Uh, the running backs even lose value because the game's, scripts are likely to favor the passing game so I, I don't really love you know Melvin Gordon or Philip Lindsay um Jerry Jerry Judy's now gonna you know he's a great talent and I think he's gonna have an incredible career but he's now gonna have everybody's number one corner on him that was gonna be Cortland Sutton but now he's in everybody's number one corner which means KJ Hamlet's gonna get a better matchup and that's great but um I wouldn't spend a lot of money on KJ Hamler unless it was the dynasty league, because I don't think this is going to be the year for him. I think it'll be next year when he's got a better quarterback and he can really kind of build on whatever he does this year. But I, I, I definitely think Hamler's the guy to target. If you had to target somebody. KJ Hamler kind of reminds me of uh, Deshaun Jackson, the kind of game breaking ability that he has from when I watched his highlights. I think that he might even been compared to that by a couple of experts. Um, he seems, I know, John, you remember this when we had Jacoby Ford on the show. Remember, that's who he hyped up right before everything started. <laughs> he, he said, this is the guy that you guys need to keep an eye on that nobody's talking about. He said, KJ Hamler. He said he's one of the nicest guys I've ever played. Or he said he, like, I guess, like, practices with him. He said he's going to, like, kind of light the league on fire. Just keep an eye on him. So, Who am, I to, doubt, who am I to doubt Jacoby Ford then? There you go. So. <laughs> 
I, I definitely, I, I think out of everything we said so far, I think he definitely intrigues me the most. It sounds like you guys are all on, on board with that as well. So I'm just scared of Blake Bortles or Driscoll. <laughs> yeah, Driscoll, Driscoll, I think Driscoll is, can get the job done if needed. I don't think he's great, but I'd be more scared about Bortles. What does what does get the job done mean? Is that like two hundred yards? Is it three hundred? Like what does that mean? It's like two hundred yards with two touchdowns and two picks and hundred yards of those to KJ Hamler. Well, I mean, you know, we all know Bortles stinks. Like that's no secret. But yeah, um, he he's really like Jameis Light. You know, he's he's gonna go out there. Whoa. He's, he's, He's going to turn the ball around, but he's going to he's going to sling the ball. He's going to make throws. That is blasphemous. You think you think Very, he could have a 30, 30 touchdown, thirty interception year? The thirty interception part, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, seriously, if you go back to his first couple of years in the league, this is a guy uh, who was a. a a top 10 score as a quarterback. And we know it was all garbage time. That's, that's where, yeah. uh, that's where the Jameis com- comment came from. Uh, and we know he was uh, not careful with the ball, but yeah, he's going to throw the ball around. I I actually don't think he gets a chance. I think they just stick with Driscoll and unless he gets hurt, uh, that's, that's what we'll see. But uh, I, I've kind of been waiting actually for Bortles to get another shot. So I was glad to, to see him land with the Broncos. Agreed. This is off script a little bit, but now that you brought him up, um, hot take, I think Jameis Winston's going to be starting by week eight. Wow. Well, I think we're going to have to discuss that in another episode. That, I, that's I, I thought I was the backup QB whisperer, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I love I mean, Jameis. I hope, we, I hope we see that. I love him too. I mean, the dude threw for 5,000 yards, and he's a he's a Brett Favre type, man. He's going he's gonna to sling it and – he didn't have the he didn't have the interceptions on his side last year, but I think in a in an offense where he you know he gets to learn behind Breeze and kind of settle in and not have a bunch of pressure on him, I think he's going to have a really great year if he gets a chance to start. I don't know. Breeze is slinging it upwards of ten yards past the line per scrimmage. <laughs> I mean, it's it's atrocious, man. He looks he looks exactly how old he is. <laughs> All right, well, let's let's move to our next team here, and this is a whole team thing, just like with the Broncos. And Jimmy Garoppolo, high ankle sprain. He's technically week to week, so he may only miss a week or two. Raheem Mostert has a sprained MCL. He is week to week as well. And Tevin Coleman has a knee injury, expected to miss multiple weeks. So there's two guys in this backfield, Jarek McKinnon and Jeff Wilson, as options for the Niners in backfield against the, uh, the New York Giants this week. And Nick Mullins looks to start for the San Francisco 49ers. So... Ryan, I'm going to go back to you. Anybody in this backfield worth adding, especially with it looking like a shorter outlook for the injury term for the running backs and a pass catchers worth looking at with all these rash of injuries for the Niners pass catchers? Yeah, well, I don't think the Niners can really do anything wrong when it comes to running back, except maybe overpaying <laughs> these guys, right? I mean, they gave... They give Jarek McKinnon this big deal and he gets hurt. They give Tevin Coleman the big deal and and he struggled last year. But uh, they just keep churning them out and keep finding these guys. So I think we absolutely should feel pretty comfortable with Jarek McKinnon. Even in a limited role these these first couple of weeks, he's been a low-end RB2. And now if he's – I don't want to say he's going to have the backfield to himself, but if he if he's not dealing with Mostert and, and Tevin Coleman – he'll see the bulk of the work and he should be in fantasy lineups 100%. He, he probably was already picked up last week uh, off waiver wires, but if he's still sitting out there, he is definitely the prize of, of the week. Uh, and, and going beyond that, because we know they don't always, or they, or they never really rely on just one running back. Wilson's that goal line back. He had a lot of success last year doing that. And and the rookie Jamichael Hasty is a, a guy to watch if you're in a super deep league or, mm. or a dynasty league. So okay, so my first question then is if Jarek McKinnon is a free agent, considering the fact that it looks like the Raheem Mostert might be back in a couple weeks, how much percent of your fab would you spend on Jarek McKinnon? It's tough for me with the percentages because every league is different, you know, and um, you kind of have to know your league. I would say I would be very aggressive Um, in my leagues. I I see all in bids on guys. Wow. Um, 
you know, sometimes. So I'm not going to say yeah. that you have to spend your whole budget to get him, but I would just say be aggressive uh, and, and more so, you know, him over everybody else we've talked about uh, in this episode, because again, he, he was already producing and already scoring uh, touchdowns, even, uh, even when those guys were healthy uh, in, in week one and in the early part of week two. So uh, yeah, he, he's the guy you want to get for sure. Brad, are you as high on Jarek McKinnon or potentially even Jeff Wilson, or does the minimal injury timelines um, kind of make you be like, I'll, I'll let somebody else overpay for those guys? Um, I'm not high on Jeff Wilson, but I would overpay for uh, Jarek McKinnon. Um, I'd probably spend up to 50% of my fab, regardless of what league. Um, so Jimmy G going down is, is worse for the 49ers real life team than fantasy football community. Uh, if you're starting Jimmy G, you're probably down bad anyway. So uh, <laughs> the running back situation is a lot more interesting. Um, Jerick McKinnon's stock skyrocketed in my eyes. So you got no Mostert, no Coleman, and this is the type of backfield that will roll with the hot hand. So if McKinnon gets hot, which he did last game, he may not let go of the job. Um, there's a reason he signed for four years, $30 million before he tore his ACL. And he was getting ready to be the guy. And I, I think he's going to take advantage of this opportunity. And like I, the way I look at it is worst case scenario, most of it comes back in a couple weeks and they share 50-50. Even if they share 50-50, this is going to be a predominantly um, – the running back is going to have a lot of production, whether it be through the air or on the ground. And I think if you're splitting carries between Mustard and McKinnon, you're still probably having a starting running back, whether you go with either one of those guys or maybe a flex player. So I think it's worth it to spend, you know, at least half of your budget on that guy because there's not a lot of guys that you're going to find that can start for you for at least six weeks. That can win you a league. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on him. That zone blocking scheme, I think I might even be able to get two yards of carry in that scheme. I mean, that, <laughs> running back, if you want to ignite your career, you go to a Kyle Shanahan offense. I, mean, I, I disagree. I don't think you could get two yards. That's going to be another one of our questions of the week. One of these days, how many yards per carry could you get in a Mike Shanahan offense? John, wrap this this conversation up. Anything you want to add? Just to to balance it out, uh, everybody said you know San Francisco goes with the hot hand. It makes you a little bit worried. Um, you know, everybody was a little bit uh, nervous to pick a, a San Francisco running back on that committee to start with, and then who knows what happens, maybe Jeff Wilson becomes the hot hand and he takes over. That's sort of the only thing that would give me a little pause. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious to maybe add Jeff Wilson just and let somebody else get McKinnon, whether it, his rash of injuries catches up to him or that Wilson's up being more effective, that you can get the basically at a really low cost if you're able to get the starting running back and not have to pay that price to get McKinnon. I mean, at this point, it's probably, you know, it's, it's kind of a lottery ticket, so – I might just let everybody else go and pay for Jarek McKinnon and then put a really low bid on Wilson, put him at the end of my bench, and if McKinnon goes down, I have the starting running back for the Niners. So That's, that's how I feel about uh, Cannon on uh, the Panthers. But so, yeah, it's, it's a lot of different advice here, which I like. Yeah, I mean, the only the only thing with Wilson is he, he kind of is what he is. He's He's that – He's that goal line back, right? Like last year he had 27 carries, 16 of those were in the red zone. So he's not, I don't think he's the type of player who's, who's going to take over as, as basically an every down back and, and run between the twenties. Uh, but that, that doesn't mean he can't have value though. Right. And you look at the 49ers offense, they don't do a lot of scoring on the, the one yard line. They do all their scoring. You know, yeah. somebody broke a 20 yard run, somebody broke a 50 yard pass. Like it's, it's a very high-powered, explosive offense. That kind of, it's very heavy hitting, and I don't expect you know a, touch, a touchdown vulture guy to kind of to carry the the reins for my team. So I'd probably leave him on the wire. All right, let's move to our second to last one here, and that is Devonte Adams. He's hamstring injury. He's week to week. I heard a lot of mentioned across the airwaves that they have an early bye week five, and they said. Keep an eye on case the Packers already are 2-0 and decide to sit him for two weeks just so that they can rest him through the bye and have him fresh for the rest of the season. So that, that made me want to put him on here for the case he misses the next two games. And you have Mark Kisvaldis-Scantling and you have Alan Lazard. 
Most likely, Lazard is probably rostered in your league. He's was on ESPN about 34% rostered, and, and uh, Valdez Scanling was at closer to 17%. But I'm curious, with Devontae Adams out, if you see both these names in your league, is there one you like a lot more than the other? And is it worth uh, spending a lot to get these guys? So, Brad, who are you looking at and would you spend to get them? So for me, it's like, you know, look no further than last year to see how having no Devontae Adams might play out. Um, Aaron Rodgers is going to kind of do what he's going to do, and he's going to spread the ball around to whoever's open. I think it's worth it to grab Lazard or Valdez Scaling if you can get them for, you know, I don't know, maybe 10% of your budget. Um, otherwise, I don't think either of them is going to emerge into number one receiver you start every week. I think there'll be occasional, you know, 100-yard games with a touchdown or two, and then there's going to be duds where somebody gets three receptions for 30 yards and that's not the kind of person i want to blow a whole fad budget on for a you know a yearly league john anyone you're interested in well i i believed in valdez scantling enough to already have him on my team but uh brad raises a good point where it's scary to try and start him so he's one of those players where you're you're never sure if you're going to hit the right week starting him and he may uh take your heart away when he drops the ball <laughs> oh. I saw those were some bad drops. Like if I was if I was Aaron Rodgers, I wouldn't want to throw him the ball. So I, part of me, you got to keep testing him. That's how you, you improve. You combine that with that Lazar was at Aaron Rodgers Thanksgiving dinner table, and I would if I were choosing between the two, I would definitely go with Lazard. But again, I don't know if I would want to put it all out there to go get him. I think I would just be comfortable letting somebody else grab him, especially because how much the, the uh, running backs, specifically Aaron Jones, are involved in catching the ball. Um, I believe he had a few, uh, he had a nice catch last week where he kind of went on a fly route and he jumped and kind of mossed the guy. And when you have a guy that can do that from the backfield, that's going to just further want Rodgers to get the, the ball in their hands. Um, but I'm curious, Ryan, do you echo what you were from these guys? Or are you uh, looking at one over the other? Or are you completely staying away? What are you doing? No, I, I actually totally agree with Brad. I thought he made a good point about what we saw uh, last year when Adams missed time. And uh, along with what he said, what we what we did see is, is what you just said, that we saw Aaron Jones really uh, take an even larger role, uh, both as, as obviously as a runner, but as a pass catcher as well. So uh, if, if Adams is out, I think it's certainly and obviously good news for Aaron Jones and pretty much bad news or, or you know, neutral for everyone else. Aaron Jones has shocked me this year. He's been incredible yeah. through the passing yep. game. He's trying to uh, make that money. You know? Yeah. He's going John's, uh, John's territory. Yeah. Uh, let's move to our last one here. And we got the Rams running back situation. This is also a very messy one. Cam Akers hurt his ribs. They haven't really released anything announcing his status. Malcolm Brown injured his finger. Apparently, he looks like he's going to be able to play this week. Daryl Henderson was is about 45% owned. Uh, I'm very curious. Uh, he looked good. He rushed 12 times for 81 yards and a touchdown and had two catches for 40 yards in week two. John, are you uh, going to pick up Daryl Henderson? I. It's really hard. There's a, a three-headed monster, and monster is a, a loose term for how good they might actually be with their ceiling. But you said it. I mean, he hurt his ribs, but he's still he's day to day, according to Sean McVay. Um, Malcolm Brown's playing in a splint. Um, Henderson's also has a lingering hamstring injury, so who knows if he actually ends up going down? So, I, it, it's one of those steer clear of all three sort of situations because I I hate when it happens to me when I'm on the the wrong end of a, a sort of a rotation like that where you pick the wrong one every single time. Ryan, what do you think? Is it worth going to get him? Uh, I think it might be. Uh, we know he's a talented guy. We know they like him. Uh, definitely a concern about just the competition he has there uh, for touches, for carries. But I've seen a lot of questions already uh, since since the games on Sunday of, do I add Henderson or Davis? Do I add Henderson or Deion Lewis? And to me, I... I really want the guy, even if he's going to have competition, I want the guy on the better team. Uh, I mean, how many rushing touchdowns are the Panthers going to score this year or mm-hmm. the Giants? It's 
Like it's not going to be many, honestly, uh, and at least until McCaffrey comes back. So I, I just want the player that's on the better team. He showed us what he could do with a larger role. It, it was just one game, but I like that he was involved in as a rusher and a receiver. Um, so if, other than McKinnon, of all the running backs we've talked about uh, on the show, Henderson would be the guy I would go after. Brad, what do you think? So in both Dynasty and Redraft Leagues, I'd try and trade for Darrell Henderson. Um, I think we saw what he could do in Memphis, and it was really impressive. And last year was kind of a red shirt year for him. But uh, he looked so good this past week that I'm all in. Um, I think Brown's going to get some carries and vultures and touchdowns. But I think this is going to be Henderson and Akers' backfield for the next few years. And I think Henderson has that edge um, just because of his age. And when he gets in, he's kind of explosive. Um, Akers is explosive as well, but I think he's still learning the system and injuries aren't going to help. If I had to pick one, it would be Henderson. And, and like Ryan said, if you can get a, you know, a running back that's on a great team, you're going to be in good shape. So, um, if you could trade for Henderson or Akers, I think it's worth it. So I have Cam Akers in a league and I drafted him in the fifth round. Partly because the RB pool becomes really slim really quickly. And I was banking on the fact that he's drafted so high and he's was a talented back. I think he led all of FBS in broken tackles last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. I, I was banking on the fact that I, I was like, look, you're not going to have him not be the man with where he was taken and if he's healthy and I was like, it may take a little bit of time, but I feel like by the time where it matters the most, he's going to be the guy. Or and is it is it weird to think that with Daryl Henderson's performance and how Malcolm Brown looked in week one, that we may not see any Cam Akers being the guy this season? I, I think um, Henderson was in a, a very similar spot that Akers was in this year. So I... I kind of look at it as, you know, he's going to be the blueprint. So I, I think Akers is kind of already having more of an impact in his rookie year than Henderson did in his rookie year. So if you kind of, you know, continue to project that out, I think it's going to be close to a 50-50 timeshare by next year. Um, but I don't think there's an urgency necessarily to use Akers just because he was drafted high because I think Henderson and Brown have proven themselves to be very effective NFL running backs. So if you can kind of let somebody not get a bunch of hits and kind of, you know, lengthen their career and use them when you need them, I think that's the role they're going to, they're going to take. Fair enough. Yeah. I think you guys all kind of hit the nail on the head for everything. That was, I think our listeners are really going to benefit when they're hitting those waiver wires and trying to figure out who to get and who to kind of stay away from. So Let's move from that to the fun part of the show, and it's our question of the week. And, John, who are we sponsored by? We're sponsored by Manscaped.com. That's code triple play at Manscaped.com. It gets you free shipping, gets you 20% off. Crazy good deal. And everybody talks about how good their lawnmower 3.0 is. You know, it's skin-safe technology, quiet stroke, LED light waterproof they've got other products too that are great they have nail kits they have a uh, deodorant uh they have foot deodorant you know summer's over but your feet may still smell so you can start using that they have comfortable uh they have comfortable boxers and a comfortable t-shirt so they really hit all the boxes there there's something there for everybody that is triple play at manscaped.com for your great deal 20 percent off and free shipping uh triple play at manscaped.com all right. And our question of the week, <laughs> Ryan's just shaking his head. I, I didn't even know there was such thing as foot deodorant. So <laughs> I'm, I'm learning, learning some things here today. I got foot deodorant, oh, deodorant too. <laughs> uh, so our question of the week, who is the most overrated player in the NFL? And so this is, this is a very loaded question, very a question for interpretation, I guess. So, Brad, you were the one that came up with this question for this week. So I will start with you. Who is on your mind for this the most overrated player? So like you said, it's very loaded. There are no wrong answers unless you're wrong. But I'm right. 
So the most <laughs> overrated player in the NFL right now, I'm going to go with Zach Ertz. So between his contract issues, um, the Eagles don't want to pay him out, at least not to the level of Kelsey and Kittle. Um, and the and the emergence of Goddard. Um, the Eagles had two top 10 tight ends last year, and that doesn't happen often. Um, it's hard for me to look at Goddard, who had 87 targets last year, and the amount of snaps that he's getting this year and not consider him a threat. Um, I think through two, two games this year, I think we've seen the last of Ertz as a top five tight end in Philly. Oh, it's another spicy take from Brad. I yeah. like it. Ryan, who's on your mind? Who's overrated? That's a good one, and I pretty much agree with Brad. Uh, I, I went with another tight end, and I guess I was kind of thinking big picture, name value. It's got to be Gronk at this point. It's it's kind of sad. Okay. It's kind of sad like to that. see it yes. come to this. But uh, we've seen almost nothing through two games, four total targets, two catches, uh, tight end 35 in week one, tight end 53 last week actually tied for tight end 53 because he didn't score a single fantasy point. Um, we've, we've definitely seen OJ Howard outplay him. Uh, and you know what that means. So I'm, I'm just not sure it gets any better. Uh, this was, you know, it was, it was a cool story, Brady and Gronk back together, but I don't think it worse. <laughs> He's at the floor. That's, He's at the wrong that, that's true. That's true. Um, I don't know. I mean, Maybe, does he even make it through the season? You know, whether Ooh, it's injury or yeah. whether he just walks away. I don't know. Does he do a um, oh, what's his name, uh, Avante Davis, and walk out at halftime during a game and retire? <laughs> they, they should cut him. That's he'll he'll <laughs> walk directly into a WWE match, yeah. and it'll be crazy go. good for Jim McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> John, who's your guy? I, I just want to say I love the Gronk answer. I thought he was overrated since the beginning of the season. <laughs> You but, did. Uh, you my, called that. But my my guy, uh, if you've listened to the show, you may know that I really don't get the hype around this guy. But Taysom Hill, just the amount of money he's being paid and the amount of hype he's getting in the media and by the Saints is ridiculous to me. He had a 14-yard catch and a trick play 38-yard completion when the game was over against the Buccaneers. And against the great Raiders defense, he had zero, not a zilch, Nothing. He didn't contribute a single thing, and they're paying him $10 million, a little similar to Gronk's contract, actually, a year to do that. And maybe it's because the Saints were moving and they didn't want to have to use any gadget plays, but that defeats the purpose then of paying this guy so much money if you're only going to use him for gadget plays. I, I also don't like how everybody acts like he's super up and coming because he's 30 years old. Like, if he was a yeah. running back, he'd be retired. <laughs> That's a guy I understand my answer. <laughs> um so i oh go ahead i'm sorry john no, i was just gonna say so that's my Taysom hill rant we'll probably get another one in in uh you know week five week six <laughs> so i'm gonna get my answer really quick and then we'll move to our last segment here i'm not trying to be controversial because i know this has a lot of uh of oomph to it so brace yourself strap yourself into your chair I'm not saying he's not good but dak prescott is the most overrated player Ooh. in football and wow. this, this is somebody I, I think Dak is good. Don't get me wrong. You're going to get those people that are Dak haters and Dak lovers. I'm not a Dak hater. But when you have a top five offensive line, when you have the CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup receiving core, when you have Zeke Elliott in the backfield, I would love to see what he would do with the Miami Dolphins. And I think that he's I'm the, I think he's definitely a top 12 quarterback, but he's about to get paid like a top three quarterback. And I don't think he's a top three. I don't think he's top five. I would put him on, on the back end of, of the QB. Like I maybe even as high as maybe like QB eight, maybe or something, <laughs> but he, he's a good fantasy quarterback, obviously with his legs, but what I don't, I'm not, I'm not a, people see Dak as this top five quarterback. I don't, I can't put him top five. Can't. So are you the negotiator they have (laughs) over in Dallas is a reason they haven't paid him yet? I just, (laughs) I'll say this and then I'll say this and then we'll move on. I'm glad I'm not the Dallas Cowboys and realize you pretty much have to do what you do with like the Vikings did with Kirk Cousins. You have to pay him. Don't put him in Kirk Cousins. He's not Kirk Cousins. He's not Kirk Cousins, (laughs) but you have to pay him because you can't let him walk. So you're going to have to give him a ridiculous amount of money. Just out of curiosity, what do you think Pat Mahomes would do with the Dolphins? 
uh, they'd be ten and six or eleven and five. So you're not worried about the okay. offensive line. You're not. Do you not see him scramble? Do you not see him scramble to this? Uh, I think it was like eleven miles an hour to the side and throw fifty-four yards downfield. You're not that, worried that about two how... rushing touchdowns this week. All right, we'll, we'll debate this. We'll debate this at another time. I want to get to the, the game here. The game of the week, last part of the show. And Brad, you are hosting the game. So what are we playing? I am. Gentlemen, we're going to play a little game of true or false. So I've got 10 players. I'm going to tell you a statement. You're going to tell me if it's true or false. And then if it's false, you get an additional point if you can guess the correct number. So I'm going to tell you where each player was drafted. We've got ten. We've got ten players. I'm going to tell you where each player is drafted. One point if you get it right on the true or false. An additional point if you get it right on the actual number. All right, let's do it. All right, everybody, keep tracking your own scores. Probably going right, to count so the, to zero. Yeah. <laughs> so the first player, Mark Andrews, was drafted in the fourth round. True or false? Are we going round robin here? Yeah, let's do that. All right, so John, why don't you start? I think that's false. I think it was earlier. I, I think it was say... false as well. Go ahead. I'm sorry, I cut oh, you off. Yeah, I want to say maybe, maybe the second round even. I think it's false. I think it was the third. Are, so are we? We're talking like NFL draft here, right? NFL draft. NFL okay. draft. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> um, I will say. Let's see. I'll say false. I think it was third as well. The answer is false. Third round. David ah, and Ryan both get blew both points there. But you do get one point, John. All right. DK Metcalf was drafted in the second round. True or false? I'll start this one. That is true. And I guess I can't get two points if, if I'm right or whatever. Right. Okay. So we'll go to Ryan next. I'll say true. John? True. That's true. Juju Smith-Schuster was drafted in the first round. Right, we'll start with Ryan for this one. False. Uh, he was drafted in the second round. And then Lou John? I'll go, I'll go false in the second <clears throat> round as well. Yeah, it's, it's false second round, I'm pretty sure. You're all right there. Nick Chubb was drafted in the first round. John, you start this one. I think was that's the year they had two first-rounders. I think that's true. I think it's false. I think he was one of the first picks of the second round. False second round. False second round is the answer. Oh, right. I'm, the game I'm good at. All right, I like this. <laughs> We're on number five here now. George Kittle was drafted in the fourth round. Oh, this one, um, false, and I believe it was the. Pretty sure it was the third round for him. Uh, is it my turn? Yeah. Is it fourth round? Is that the number you said? Yes. That is false. I'm gonna say fifth round. That's what I was thinking too. I'll say false fifth. The answer is false fifth. Oh, I should have gone with my gut. I should have went with my gut. <laughs> now I'm losing by one. There, I gotta. <clears throat> All right, number six. Julian Edelman was drafted in the seventh round. I think Ryan starts this one. True. Yeah, I think that's true as well. <clears throat> Ryan said it with such conviction, but maybe he's just trying to put a poker face on. I'll say it. I'll say it's true. The answer is true. All right. Next up, the most overrated man in football, Dak Prescott, was drafted in the <laughs> second round. <laughs> uh, John, I think you start this one. That's true. It's false. I think it's the fourth. Uh, false fourth round. False fourth round is correct. Never mind. <laughs> I like the confidence, though, John. We're on question eight, right? We're on question eight. Ryan, how many do you have? Um, 
I've got them all right. I think two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve points. Oh, okay. I got eleven. All right. I gotta. I gotta beat them. I gotta top them. All right. Austin Eckler was drafted in the sixth round. Oh God. Um, sixth round. Sixth. Did you say sixth? Yep. Okay. I think I, I'll. Um, I think I start this one. Um, wow. This is the hardest one so far for sure. I want to say that is. False, and it was in the fourth round. Ryan's thinking too. I, I'm gonna say false. I think Eckler was undrafted. I'm pretty sure. Ooh, that would be a, a trick question. I want to say true. The answer is false. Undrafted. No! <laughs> Ryan, with the dynasty knowledge, he's really got this down. <laughs> All right, number nine, Chris Godwin was drafted in the fourth round. I think Ryan starts this one. Uh, false, I think he was a second rounder. False second round? I got to go with the man who's got it all. <laughs> <laughs> um, that one is false. Yeah, he's out of Penn State, I believe. I think it was the second round. The answer is false third round. Oh, that would have been my chance. <clears throat> All right. Now for number 10, got a little tiebreaker here. We're going to do it a little different. Ryan Tannehill was drafted at what pick in the first round? John, I think oh, you I start, start this start. one. 12. Do I get to like bet all my points to try to top Ryan? <laughs> Go ahead. I don't think he'll get it. I think it was the seventh pick. Man, I think it actually might have been twelve. Um, <laughs> I'll say I'll say seventeen. I think it was twelve, though. The answer is number eight. Oh, oh, I, knew was, I knew it was in the first ten. Nice. So I think Ryan's our winner. You get you get your uh, thirty second FaceTime. Yeah, so Ryan, you won the game. So as customary for the winner, a couple seconds FaceTime, and then we'll uh, we'll sign out here. All right, I, I'm not even sure what to do with FaceTime, guys. <laughs> That's all right. Maybe maybe you got a uh, you want to give yourself a pat on the back for a pick you made, or you want to shout out a charity, or you know plug uh, something, whatever, do whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, I, first of all, I just appreciate you guys having me on here. It's uh, it's it's been fun for sure. Um, yeah, I would say just check out my work at Dynasty League Football uh, and Roto World as well, doing some Dynasty work for them. I uh, got a couple of podcasts, DLF Dynasty Podcast and uh, Locked On Dynasty Podcast also. Uh, and follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Yeah, he, he took away all the plugs I was going to give him at the end. But it comes better from his mouth than mine. But, guys, if you really want to become a better fantasy player, make sure you check out his stuff. It's really good information. And if you want to become a better fantasy player, read that handle. That's the guy to go to. Um, until next week, we will talk to you guys then. Stay safe. We'll see you all then.